0: The Business Bus Podcast. You're tuned in to the Business Bus. Business Good evening and welcome to the Business Buzz right here on VAWFM 88.1. My name is Mudio Mob Justice Gavaz, and I'll be your host um, as we get you entertained and enlightened about the world of business Uh, right here on your favorite uh, student radio station. We are broadcasting live from our studios right here in Bramfontein, Johannesburg, and I can uh, safely say uh, this is my first show for the year, and I'm definitely, you know, uh, happy to be back studio and uh, to usher you guys into the world of business. Otherwise, for today it's going to be quite an interesting one uh, because uh, if I am correct, tomorrow um, should be International Women's Day Um, so we thought that we would take a look at what uh, the world of business is looking like where women are concerned Um, what type of progress have they they made we know that um, inclusion has always been a bit of an issue and we're going to be talking to a number of uh, ladies just around what it means to uh, what it means to be in business in 2019 so that's what the show is going to be looking like we're going to be having a couple of guests uh, for um, the next hour or so and we're going to be here until about uh, 7 p.m also coming up on the show we're going to be uh, talking a little bit around um, the business wrap that's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news and then we will be giving you the Buffalo Index, uh, as we tell you the state of your 100 rand. Remember that you can uh, find us on uh, social media. Uh, that's the voice of WITS on uh, Facebook, VOW FM, and also the WITS Radio Academy on Twitter. We are at VOW FM. Our hashtag is hashtag BusinessBuzz. And our WhatsApp line is 0840784912. You can also stream the session live on VAUFM.co.za And remember, that podcast of the Buzz Bus Show will be available on VITS.journalism.co.za forward slash business. Make sure you keep, uh, keep it locked. Uh, we keep away here until about 8 p.m. On the other side of this, we get into the business wrap. More justice on the Business Buzz. It's time for us to get into the business wrap. That's a part of the show where we give you a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. On the line, I'm joined by uh, a new addition to the Business Buzz uh, family. Uh, we're joined on the line by a financial expert. Uh, we're joined by lebo pasha who is a strategy and management consultant for forms. so how are you Lebo?
1: hi i'm Adira. how are
0: you doing i'm fine thank you so i understand that this week uh, there's been some figures that have been released apparently we are growing slightly better than uh, what was expected can you shed some light on this for us
1: Exactly. The real GDP growth uh, numbers of one4 for the final quarter of 2018 and 1.8% for the year were slightly ahead of expectations. The finance, real estate and business sectors were the main drivers of the outperformance. However, the construction sector shrunk um, alarmingly. Um, it suffered its worst decline in two decades with construction production shrinking 1.2%. And this is the sector's biggest decline since 1999. When the sector shrunk 1.9%. The other problem um, with the economy is the mining sector, which shrunk 1.7% year on year, with the biggest challenges faced by the mining sector being high input costs, protracted low commodity prices, labor disputes, and most recently, load shedding. And this comes a week after the U.S. missed its own 3% GDP growth target set by President Trump um, by um, a percentage point. So and what does this
0: mean? No, I was actually about to ask you, you you can continue. I was just going to ask so what does this mean for us?
1: Um this means um not so good news. It means especially with the three percent um target missed by the US.
2: Yeah.
1: Um a lot of the money that goes into buying assets in emerging markets comes from the US. And the slowdown in the US economy reduces the amount of money available for Um, this investment into emerging markets, including South Africa. So it's definitely going to have a um, negative impact on emerging markets like ours. And yeah, it's definitely not good news for for, for us. And remember as well, the backdrop to it as well is that this is below the the GDP growth numbers that we need to sustain jobs in our economy. So this means South Africa will continue to shed jobs um, into the foreseeable
0: future. Okay, and then on that, uh, where I think when it comes to the economy, on growth and all of that stuff, we tend to also, we need a way to power um, all of this stuff. And I understand that ESCOM, uh, our national regulator, uh, has been in a bit of trouble. Have there been any updates on that? Um, yes,
1: there's definitely been some big updates today. Um... ESCOM itself has been announcing increased risks of load-shading the whole of this week. So for a third consecutive day this week, ESCOM issued a warning to South Africans that there was a high risk of load-shading as the grid was still under significant pressure. And we're starting to hear more industry players trying to link the increased incidence of load-shading um, around this time of the year with the impending NERSA decision on ESCOM's 15% price increase application. Yeah. So. Um that's, that is the big news today, the NERSA announcement on the price increases. Um NERSA has given ESCOM 9.4, 8.1, and 5% um, increases over the next five years, or next, sorry, next three years, um, compared to ESCOM's request of 15% over the next three years.
0: So, in terms of us, uh, the ordinary South Africans, what's our, uh, of the percentages that you've just mentioned, which one is most applicable to us buying electricity for our homes? I think
1: the most applicable one would definitely right now be the 9.4% coming through um, from, from April. But you had a lot of opposition from the business, labor, and civil society organizations because even going beyond buying electricity for your home, um, you had a lot of warnings around what a higher tariff means for the economy. So, for example, in the mining sector, um, ESCOM got its 15% requested increase. The mining sector alone was expected to shed close to 150,000 jobs um, due to the increased cost of electricity, making mining operations unprofitable. So the effects go way beyond the household.
0: Okay, and then lastly, uh, I understand that uh, there was a young there was a young person from this very university who actually um, I, uh, won a, a, a competition uh, reflecting on the issues that some of the issues that you've been talking about in the economy. Yes, one thing.
1: Um, the Netbank All Mutual Budget Speech Essay Competition is run every year, it's in it's forty seventh year this year. And the competition is held annually to identify South Africa's brightest economic minds. Um, the essay competition um, is structured in the form of a question, and the question is posted to undergraduate and postgraduate students in the economic streams of South African academic institutions. Um, for 2019, the question was around uh, disciplined fiscal policy, whether it exists in South Africa. If not, what could be done to improve fiscal policy? So fiscal policy is mainly around the budgeting of the government. And the winning essay by um, Baneng Lappe looked at um, simplified ways for the government to improve fiscal policy and policy discipline as well. With some of the highlights being things like solving the SOE's crisis led by the issues at ESCOM. Um, reducing political and policy uncertainty, so uh, making sure investors feel comfortable investing in our economy, strengthening policy coordination between monetary and fiscal policies of South Africa. So this is linking um, the government and its budgetary policies together with the Reserve Bank and the Reserve Bank's view on the economy. And the other one was is focus on fighting corruption and the impact that corruption has on slowing down our growth as a country. And the final one, which I think um, is quite topical and should be topical quite soon, is stabilizing government debt and government uh, the government's um, debt rating as well. Because Moody's is the only rating agency that will rate up that investment grade. Yeah. If we slip on that front, we will definitely move to junk status with the resulting consequences.
0: So that was us on the line. We were talking to, uh, Lungi. Uh, we were talking, sorry, to Lebo Pasha, who is our financial expert, uh, giving us a roundup of the week's top trending business and economics news. As you heard, the big news of the week is the fact that um, South Africa's GDP for 2018 for the year um, came in at 0.7%. And then the other thing that's happening is the fact that uh, ESCOM um, actually received um, some answers uh, from Nesa just around, what, the tax Tariff hikes are going to be looking like for this year. And then you heard uh, there's the young person who actually won an essay writing competition talking about the economy. So young people, you know, get involved uh, in the economy, uh, do the thought pieces, and then let's do the things. On the other side of this, we tell you the state of your 100 rand. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. Your today to the business bus. It's time for us to tell you the state of your 100 rand with our Buffalo Index. That's a part of the show where we let you know what 100 rand can do for you. And since we are talking um, women in business, women in the economy, um, women in commerce, women in corporates, uh, I just thought that it would be interesting to get a list of uh, some books um, that can be used as inspiration or motivation uh, by the ladies out there. Uh, from finding your purpose in life to maximizing your ter- your maternity leave uh, to rethinking how to be a female boss, uh, here are just some uh, business books uh, for the ladies. Uh, so the first one is called The Multi-Method Hyphen by Emma um, Gannon. It's a book that uh, costs uh, just over um, 300 rand, uh, which means it's about uh, three buffaloes. Then we've got The Working Woman's um, Handbook by Phoebe Lovett, uh, which is coming in at Uh, just around 250 Rand Uh, then you have um, Purpose Find Your Truth and Embrace Your Calling uh, by Jessica Yui um, coming in at just over um, two buffaloes and then uh, we have uh, Mom Boss by Vicky um, Sayaris uh, which is coming in also around uh, two buffaloes and then Secrets of Successful Sales by Alison Edgar uh, coming in at about two and a half buffaloes and then we have have How to Be a Virtual Assistant by Catherine Goldman, uh, which is just over um, one and a half buffaloes. And then uh, this one has an interesting title. It's called Strip Naked and Redress with Happiness uh, by Maria Hawking, uh, which is coming in at just below one and a half buffaloes. And then the last one is one called Beta. Uh, Quiet Girls Can Run the World by Rebecca Holman, uh, which is coming in at just under three buffaloes so that's a nice uh, book list uh, for you know the ladies out there even the gents you need to read you know some of these things so that you can understand uh, what's actually going out there what's actually going on out there because uh, I'll let you know that ladies actually know and understand certain things much better than we men do if anything they are way more organized than we are so it might be worth looking into on the other side of this we are going to continue our conversation Uh, we're going to be um having a nice um, engagement uh, with uh, Lungile, just around what it means from the Development Bank of South Africa. So keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. More justice on The Business Buzz. Remember that today we are talking about women in business uh, as we commemorate International Women's Day this week. And uh, before we get into the main topic for the night, remember that on Facebook you can find us. That's uh, Vow FM, the voice of Fits, And you can also find our other Facebook page, that's uh, Fits Radio Academy. On Twitter we're at Vow FM and our hashtag is hashtag business buzz. Um, so as we begin our discussion, we're actually um, joined on the line by Lungi Lema. Shele, uh, who is from the Development Bank of Southern Africa, and uh, they are an energy specialist and development economist, and we're just going to be talking about what it means uh, to be in this industry. How are you, Lungile? Hi, I'm good and you, and an awesome
3: evening to your listeners.
0: Mm. Uh, Thank you so much for being on the show. As we begin our discussion, could you uh, please briefly highlight um, the importance of having um, entrepreneurial activity in the country and how that actually boosts the economy? I think we hear all the time um, that SMEs and all of that is the way forward. But in your view? So the value of
3: entrepreneurs uh, cannot be overstated at all. That is how industries begin. We need great minds, we need ideas, we need innovators, people who come into a space and revolutionize an entire industry. If you look at the companies we have today versus what we had 10, 15 years ago, they're completely different. There's no stock count, there's no overhead, they are global, they're entering into different areas, there's lots of exciting things and
0: Entrepreneurs are actually what are going to take us forward. And then moving on, though, to what it means to be a lady in the economy. Now, I wanted to understand, because you are an energy specialist for the DBSA, um, do you yes. feel that there are enough women in your industry?
3: Oh, absolutely not. There <laughs> is an, <laughs> an under of epic proportions. It's not uncommon for me to go to sites and be the only woman amongst the group of like 30 men. Um, And primarily, you know, one can give a number of different reasons, such as skills and um, ability to travel and flexibility and work-life balance, you know, as an excuse, but ultimately there just isn't a drive get Women into the space at all, and even when you do find women, the industry is unforgiving and it's harsh, and it doesn't really allow you to have that work-life balance that you require. Um, or even if you do, it, it, you know, it, it will come at a cost, and the cost is often at your career.
0: And then, and then ahead of that, do you think there should be more done? Uh, to actually advocate for the application of uh, maybe more gender, gender-based gender um, female participation in industries and in, in entrepreneurship?
3: I actually encourage both. Um, whether it's in business or it's in corporate, we're putting in entrepreneurship. Ultimately, entrepreneurs still need to come to corporate to get funding, to get advisory services, to get legal economists, you know, there's just a whole suite of people that they can access. And if those people in those industries that they're going to are not women, I can guarantee you now it's going to be very difficult for them to stay these in places. And so what it does, and, and, and I'm grateful for this in the South African context, is that we've started to form a very strong bond amongst women and to support each other. And, it is starting to now enforce that when you come through, we want to see women participation. We want to see women ownership. We want to see, see black youth owned. We want to see youth owned um, entrepreneurs. So we actually so government made it very clear that these are the targets that we're trying to chase. And if anything, this is what should should be accomplished. Whether it's corporate you know, entrepreneurship, how do we tender, how we procure, it's become the norm now. Is this the ideal way? Absolutely not. It, it should be some, something that is inculcated and that we do on a natural level. Unfortunately, it's not. And this is why I'm so grateful also that government had to step in and has made it and, and has actually now begun to legalize it and said, this is what you have to do. And this is how you will get business in this country.
0: Actually, on that point, I was actually I was going to ask... What do you think are some of the shortcomings in the way that um, some of some of this um, advocacy is actually being done, um, whether it's in procurement, whether it's uh, management positions, you know, and the like? What do you think some of the shortfalls are in the way that um, things are being implemented at the moment?
3: So, you know, in as much as you can have the greatest policies and uh, legalities around everything and black women and women and participation, there will always be people that will try to find uh, a loophole. Now, it doesn't say it must be 100% women owned, so you'll probably find that all you have to do is be 50 plus 1% women owned. So, they'll probably find a woman to come in front for them. For a couple of weeks while they attend meetings, they do tenders. Years ago, those women, they they used to be known as the 5%ers because they would come in, they'd get a 5% share and then they'd simply walk away. And the company that you're dealing with after that is a completely different entity. Mm. Um, So there definitely is some shortcomings that you do see, but but it's about monitoring, evaluation, enforceability and over and above that you need to have punitive measures in place. So it's not enough just, just to say, ah, oh, but this is happening, there's nothing we can do. No, go cancel their contract, blacklist them, blackball them and say, We're not doing business with these companies anymore. Unless you're completely trans transformed, we want nothing to do with you. <laughs>
0: Do you by any chance have some statistics just around um, what ratios look like in terms of uh, female-owned businesses relative to male in South Africa, um, or around the world, or corporate representation?
3: Oh, not at all. I, I, I would not have the exact numbers, but just by looking at the industry in which we participated, I get very few. Uh, women entrepreneurs coming or or women-owned companies coming in and requesting funding or requesting assistance or advising, you know, of any sort. It's still typically male-dominated and particularly white male-dominated at that. Um, So there's a huge gap that needs to be filled. There's a huge space where women can actually play uh, for a number of Structural factors. Unfortunately, they are
0: unable to access that space. Uh, but coming back to your particular industry, because you did yes. you did highlight um, at the beginning um, that you you often find yourself as being the only woman in a lot of mm. um, situations. How could you mm. possibly tell um, our young uh, lady audience what it is that you actually do as an energy specialist and development economist? perhaps it oh, might okay. be you might inspire someone who's actually <laughs> <laughs> who's looking you know you know it adv- yes. when people are young they're not sure what 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 do i need to do with my life you know maybe they'll want to pursue this
3: absolutely so from my side i followed a very conventional approach however my career took a very unconventional approach so i started off my my home Student life has been at the University of Johannesburg. And I did my um, BCOM in economics and econometrics. And uh, after that, I did insolvency law. And then I did cost engineering, but this was at an overseas institution. I then did my BSc honors in energy and then my master's in energy, which I'm completing at the moment.
0: That's a lot of degrees.
3: That is a lot of grief. But then again, it speaks to the fact that <laughs> as a woman, you're certainly not going to walk in with one degree and people are going to clap their hands. There's an expectation that you should be more and do more. Um, you know, and which is wrong, but unfortunately that is what permeates and this is what has to keep us going and pushing the boundaries even you know, even though we are perfect just as we are. So you then typically find that what I do on a day to day basis, I appraise energy projects across the continent. So working for the Development Bank of Southern Africa, we find them infrastructure projects in energy, ICT, water, and transport across the whole of Africa. So my portfolio looks at energy across Africa. And from the technical side, I then appraise projects. So I look at, is the project feasible? Is it going to work? I look at the engineering drawings. If it's, for instance, a hydro plant. I look at the hydrology. Is there enough water for this plant to run for 20, 50 years? Uh, looking at the fuel source, where is the fuel going to come from? Is it gas? Is it um, coal? Are we using solar, renewables, going to each country? And you're basically appraising projects from the engineering side, but from the economic side as well. And that's what I do. I think it's an extremely exciting job. To be very honest, I think I have one of the best jobs in the world. Oh, wow. Um, I get to travel a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Um, But that also does come at a cost. And I know that there are a number of young women out there listening and who are thinking, oh, well, I could do that, and I'd love to do that. However, it comes at a cost. Um, I look at my colleagues who are women as well. Very few of us are actually married. Very few of us have children. Um, work, work, work-life work, balance, I think depending on whether you are working for a commercial bank or a PFI is debatable. Um, but it's a lot of hard work. It's very rewarding as well. Yeah. Um, salaries are great. Bonuses are great. If you perform, it's performance-based. But then again, there's a lot of sacrifices that go go into it. It's sleepless nights. You're literally working away from home for weeks at a time. You're in foreign countries, foreign food. It's foreign beds. Um, but it's exciting also. Ultimately, it is exciting. If, if that's what you're into.
0: So for your for your particular industry not per se what you do but the work that you are involved in uh, you said that you actually get to travel a lot and I'm guessing yeah. that you travel a lot on the on the continent um Absolutely. how would you say female participation is um on the on the rest of the African continent as compared to South Africa
3: Oh, it's vastly different, vastly. So you typically find that in your West African countries, you have far more women participation and they are not seen as um, uh, back, back, backstops or people that you just have to have to look good. I mean, outside of South, South Africa, things like quotas and affirmative action, they don't exist. It's just assumed that everyone has an equal playing field. So, you'll typically find that there are far more women entrepreneurs, there are far more youth owned companies. Um, you, it's very easy for you working in the West African state to come across billionaires that are in their 30s. And not some shady things or anything, but purely because they've applied their skills, they've applied their education, yeah. and they've come up with. Innovative ideas that are making, that are developing the entire country, adding infrastructure, growing them also and their country.
0: So, that was us uh, on the line. We're having a, 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 an enlightening discussion with Lungile Masele, who is from the Development Bank of Southern Africa. Uh, she's an energy specialist and development economist. And my takeaway from um, what she does, she did say to us that she has um, one of the best jobs in the world. She gets to travel and evaluate projects. And you heard that um, on the rest of the African continent, particularly in West Africa, you have um Women participation is on a different level to what it is in South Africa and uh, quotas aren't even a thing there. It's just assumed that um, women know what they're doing and the economy just goes forward like that. Very enlightening. On the other side of this, we're going to continue on the entrepreneurship tip. Uh, We're going to be talking to some uh, lady entrepreneurs, so keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. The, The Business Buzz. We are joined on the line by Dipo Mukordi, who is a fashion designer. How are you, Dipo?
3: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm fine. Thank you. Um, She is our second guest for tonight. We are talking about women in business, women in the economy, entrepreneurship and commerce. So we are about to get in touch. We are about to understand what she does. She is uh, the founder of Dude. How do I pronounce this? Dude Mpenzo?
3: It's Jojo and Benzo.
0: Ah, yes. Yes. There we yeah, go. So, can you just give us uh, just a brief highlight of what it is that you do and uh, how it came about?
3: Basically, uh, I can say I'm a, I'm a stylist. That's the front line of my business, basically. Yeah. Uh, but the brand itself is doing Benzo Fashion Consulting. That is the umbrella and then i do i do styling i do design i create I sketch basically get into the complete look for a client yeah yes.
0: and how did you actually get into it i think you know in terms of career parts i don't know like would you say <laughs> something <laughs> that's usual
3: <laughs> okay basically I'm, i have a finance background which yeah. i did study in school um but fashion has always been I give me, I can say, looking at like I've always known how to put pieces together and the way I present myself in terms of my my dressing. So um, it it really happened in 2016 when it, I guess it was the right time uh, when I decided to just you know what because I've been getting compliments and. Uh, requests from from people that I that I live with and and people in general to say how do you do it yeah um, and then I decided to okay, okay I can I can make something out of this so I officially started the business in 2016
0: Uh, something that your business seems to touch on is um, as a stylist you're concerned with the appearance of a person how important is that you know in 2019 um, whether it's for um, looking professional or looking appropriate for different um, events um, and the like and what sort of a reaction? Have you had uh, for your own business in terms of getting clients and customers? Uh, you know, are people actively seeking out stylists? When do they look for stylists? And um, what type of people tend to be your customers? Um,
3: you know, in this business, basically, you have to identify your market. It's very crucial. Yeah. Uh, but generally, looking quite professional is the way to go. In 2019, especially, I mean, it's it happening. Fashion is just in the forefront, and how you present yourself says a lot about you. It's no longer about just getting out there and assuming that we will hear what you have to tell us. So, it's very crucial to find your your, your signature, to find your style, to find the, the way you want people to address you. So, my approach to, to to my market is to look professional, is to look presentable, is to look comfortable and to speak volumes in the way you address mm. so uh, a lot of i get a lot of uh, positive uh, response and then um, it's a pity people are still um left behind in terms of consulting <laughs> you go to a you go to your tailor and you get what you want and that's a bit backwards because most of the time you find uh, clients being pictures for you to duplicate and it's quite a killer in the fashion business to do the other person's work. So fashion fashion consulting as it is, is, is to, it helps you to identify what can work for you as a person. Because you don't always have to say a word to be heard. Sometimes the way you look, you can feel a lucrative deal, man. I mean, just by looking at you, uh, there's one person in particular, I always look at Vosi Tebeko That That yeah. is power. Just <laughs> looking at him... You just see, you just see magic. You just see power. So that's 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 my my point of view in terms of this
0: whole business. And what's your advice for someone who wants to p- perhaps get into your industry? Um, that's one. And then what type of advice would you have for someone who's actually looking um, for a stylist themselves? Because I don't think all stylists are made uh, are, are made the same, and that all of them know what they're doing.
3: Correct. Um, For me personally, it's something that uh, fortunately I was born with. I I find it to be a a pure talent uh, that I was given. Yeah. Uh, But there's uh, institutions that do offer lessons. Um, Like for one, I am currently studying with the one in uh, Cape Town, Academy of Fashion Styling. I'm doing personal styling there. So they do offer um, training and certificates. They do uh, host some seminars. To, to give you some formal platform of how you can do it. But you must have natural passion for it. It's like, it's like servicing a normal client. You must have passion for client service if you want to maintain a good business relationship. So in fashion is the same. It's, it's, it's like having that personal touch with your client because you, you get to the most sensitive issues like the body shape, you know, yeah. the personality, the character, they all add into personal and fashion styling. Hmm. Because um, yeah, you you, you you must have that. You must have that, and <laughs> it's very important to to identify the weakness of your clients and their, their insecurities. Yeah, for you to be able to identify what can look good for them.
0: Yeah. Okay, so that was us all on the line. We're talking to uh, Dipo Mokordi, who is a stylist. And uh, she was telling us uh, the fact that looking professional in 2019 um, is the way forward, um, that most of the time you need to seek advice before you actually go and get uh, some of your clothes made. Um, Something that I found interesting about her is just uh, the story that she had, that she actually had a finance background. And she's actually used that to parlay into a career as a stylist. So, very interesting story. And uh, just after the break, we're going to be having our last guest. Keep it locked. This is The Business Buzz. Of justice on the business buzz. welcome back to the business buzz. We are talking about uh, the ladies in the economy, ladies and commerce as we commemorate uh, International Women's Day, which is this week. Uh, our final guest for this evening is Tepiso Piri, who is in marketing. How are you Tepiso?
3: I'm very well, thank you. Um, And how are
0: you? No, no, I'm alive. I'm well. Um, So can you tell us and our listeners um, what it is that um, you are involved in and how you found yourself there?
3: Well, um, I own a boutique below the line agency called Known Associates. Yeah. Um, And I found myself here because I've always been passionate about marketing. Yeah. I started my career at the world famous Lord Sea Jazz Festival, currently known as Cape Town International Jazz Festival.
2: Yes. In the
3: marketing department. Yes. And so as I said, the rest is history. <laughs> and,
0: and what would you say that you, you love the most about your job?
3: What I love about my job is that I actually get to influence um, People's decision making on a daily basis, whether it is about their leisure or their business, yeah. or it is about what they're going to consume—be yeah. um, it food, be it their petrol—and um, I love I love being part of that.
0: Yeah, um, and. Because this week we are um, commemorating International um, Women's Day, we wanted to maybe get a sense or an understanding from you uh, in terms of uh, your industry, advertising, marketing, and the like. What is uh, a women representation looking like in 2019?
3: Well, I think it's changing fast. Yeah. I think it's still predominantly a boys' game, and this still what I call the boys' club. Um, I believe that in terms of the leadership in my industry, it's still very male-dominated. But I think as women, we are um, becoming part of the change and very drastically. And there's some exciting um, women led agencies that are coming up, like um, Riverbed, owned by Mona Lisa. Yeah. Um, which has, uh, she's actually been recently um, chosen as the most loved um, agency leader on Mark's Live. So yeah. it's quite exciting. I think that the, the change is coming on and it's coming on quite strongly. And watch this space.
0: Um There's actually something um Perhaps you can speak to this for us. Uh, I heard an interesting statistic, maybe not statistic, but an interesting fact the other day, um, just around the fact that as advertisers or as marketers, apparently um, you 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 have become sort of management consultants um, in terms of actually helping businesses strategize about you know products and development, and um, because. You have to study the customer so much, you know what's your opinion on this?
3: Well, the reality is you know we can't just you can't just start talking to marketing or advertising at the final end of your sort of product development or brand development process um, so yes it's become important that you get the marketing and advertising involved from a business strategy point of view um because as soon as we understand the business, we are able to advise clearly as to
0: how the market will respond to it, which consumers would be interested, and if it's the right product to even bring out. Yeah. And further for, for uh, I guess further from that, how has social media I guess um, changed the way in which the industry works? I think um, our young listeners will be very will be listening keenly to this uh, to this answer um, because I think. Uh, people are looking at social media as a way to cut out middlemen um, saying to themselves, um, why should I be, you know, going through, uh, let's say, a formal agency when I can just go and uh, put myself out there like that. Uh, but for you, what would you say to such a person? Because, you know, we all under, we we understand that professionals are the way forward. Uh, but for someone who has that contrary view, what would you say?
3: Well... I actually just believe that what social media or the digital space has done is we've created a whole new um, expansion of careers into the industry. So there are new um, sort of titles, job titles that didn't exist 10, 15 years ago that um, respond to the social media uh, growth space. Mm. Um and second to that is that, you know, what it's all have done, unless you've got a clear communication strategy, um, you can try traditional, digital, social media, um, but you might fail because, firstly, you've got to understand what it is that you're trying to communicate to your audience. Yeah. So before we go on jumping and setting up our Facebook pages or our Instagram pages, what's important is that we must have a strategy and we must be able to see how the strategy rolls out um, and social media is a big part of it. But again, it's on, it only successful based on a great strategy and a clear part as to how you achieve those objectives that come out of your strategy.
0: On the same point of uh, achieving set uh, goals and uh Uh, set goals and objectives for yourself Uh, how would you advise young women who might have that goal and ambition to actually become a marketer and advertiser uh, for themselves in their own lives so you know perhaps starting an agency one day Um, what type of advice from your experience um, would you give i think you've got to keep your
3: feet on the ground um, I think you must be in the know, um, know what's happening around your space, and uh, the space um, um, that your friends are in, your family, where you come from. And for me, I read everything. I read <laughs> all the time. Yeah. So people think, oh my gosh, you so boring. I've got two books in my handbag, one on my laptop bag, and at any given point, I am on that uh, social media, reading, 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 because you've got to learn. Yeah. And you know, Part of it is also just being able to talk to people, random people. You know, sometimes you sit, whether you're sitting at a bus stop or in the taxi, and if you want to be in marketing advertising, you've got to be knowledgeable about people. We are in the business of selling ideas to people.
2: Yeah. And
3: And you've got to understand what people want, how they want it, and when they want it.
0: What are you reading right now and why? (laughs) (laughs)
3: okay i'm reading quite a few books i'm reading a book and a lot of them by women. yeah so i'm reading um a book called dare to leave by Brené brown um and i'm reading it because she really is a great advocate uh, advocate and teacher around leadership yeah and leadership from an emotional point of view you know the way I think a lot of our African leaders don't even think about leadership. <laughs> leadership where you can lead from the heart yeah. even though you're using your mind. Yeah. So I'm quite enjoying it. I'm also reading a book called, Um got my brain. Uh, it's by Beth Comcast, who used to be the vice president of GE. Um, and it's called Imagine It Forward. Yeah. And that is just about building organizations, taking them forward, giving yourself permission to do things that are sort of um, out of the safe space. Um, And and, and being able to to really build, even though people will come at you and say, well, this is not how we do it. This is not the culture of this organization. And being able to change cultures and influence change in in big organizations and small organizations. So I'm in a space where I'm learning leadership, I think. (laughs) 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 And I'm also in a space where I'm learning how to balance my life. So I'm reading a book called uh, Make Time. so I can't remember the authors of it, which is really cool. It just teaches me how, how I can, you know, expand my time beyond the 24 hours that I have available and possibly the 16 hours or 18 hours that I'm possibly working mm. and finding a work-life balance for my business, my children, my friends, my family. So, yeah.
0: Mm. That was us. On the line with that a piece of uh P very interesting she is reading at least five books right now from what I could uh, you know tell uh, from what I could tell on that list and uh, it's very interesting the way that you know she actually has a different book for the different things that she's trying to focus on in her own life you know so I thought that was actually very very interesting and something interesting that I found that she said was the fact that um, as businesses you now have to involve marketing and advertising from the the beginning when it comes to product development so as a business you need to get involved with the marketers uh, from the get go because those are the people who actually understand the customer and what the customer wants and if they don't they will go and find out so that's that on the other side of this we come to the end of the show and with that we've come to the end of the show thank you so much to everyone who was listening to us through um, the last hour we were talking about women in business, women in the economy um, as we commemorate International Women's Day this week. Uh, Thank you so much to all um, the guests that we had on the show. Thank you so much to Lungile. Uh, Thank you so much uh, to Diwopo. Uh, Thank you to uh, Lebo, who gave us our business wrap earlier and thank you to uh, Lungile, uh, the three entrepreneurs who uh, let us know just a little bit around what's going on in their lives, their industry and what it means to be a woman doing the things in 2019. Now, some big takeaways from me personally. I think, uh, as you can see, there are some strong, powerful women that are coming out into industry, um, whether it's corporate or whether it's in the entrepreneurial space. And as far as I'm concerned, um, it's a space that really needs, uh, there's a lot of room for transformation, and we're going to be seeing it more and more across the board. Otherwise, that brings us to the end of the show. Remember that you can uh, keep in touch with us on social media. We are Facebook uh, On Facebook we are him That's voice of Vitz And you can also find Our other Facebook page That's Vitz Radio Academy On Twitter we are At FM, And then our hashtag Is hashtag BusinessBuzz And then 0840784912. That is our WhatsApp line You can also stream The station live On vowfm.co.za, And where the podcasts Of the Business BusinessBuzz show Are available on Viz.journalism.co.za Forward slash business So with that We've come to the end Of tonight's show, uh, thank you so much um, to our producers I to our executive producer that's uh, Simba Honde, uh, together with our producer Gloria Mabuza our technical producer is uh, Kotluwano Gwensirame, Gwensirame my man. <laughs> uh, but with that, we've come to the end of the show. As I said, don't miss the Business Buzz same time, same place. Um, next week for more uh, into the world of business. Remember that uh, the Business Buzz is sponsored by ABSA. Coming up next, we have uh, Living Electro and then for myself, Mudio Mob Justice Kawaza is good evening and take care.
2: Mob Justice
0: on the Business Buzz. The Business Buzz Podcast.